I'm Sammy J. Karam of Populist, and I'm very pleased to have with me today Axel Gilden. Axel is a senior reporter and editor at L'Express, which is the leading weekly uh, magazine, initially magazine, and now, of course, they have an extensive online presence in France. And as you might guess, the topic of our conversation is the French presidential election. We are in the middle of it now since we are after the first round that took place last weekend on Sunday, April the 10th. And we're recording this on the 16th. And the second round is a week from tomorrow, which will be April 24th. So uh, we'll go through some of the uh, meaning or significance of what happened and some uh, comments on the likely outcome and what that means for France and for relations with other countries. But uh, with no further ado, Axel, can you hear me? You're in Paris? Yes, I am. I'm in Paris, center of Paris. Very good. I if I can ask you to raise your voice just a little bit so the recording can, can capture everything that you're saying. All right. So I'm here we are, Axel. Um, very kind of you to give us this opportunity to speak. So what did we learn from the first round that was perhaps unexpected? Were there any, I think most people expected Macron to come in, to come first with, uh, according to the, the polls right before the first round, uh, Le Pen as second. Were there any surprises uh, outside of that? Well, we're, we're kind of repeating the same election as five years ago with a Macron uh, reaching first position and Marine Le Pen reaching second position, but there are some differences. And uh, I would say the main difference is uh, Macron performed pretty well and better this year than five years ago, but so did Marine Le Pen. And um, third position was interesting too, because this was uh, the leftist candidate. And uh, here is where the battle is. The second round starting now, or actually we are in the middle of the, the second campaign, the same campaign, second campaign trail, which is lasting for two weeks, you know, just after the first round. And Marine Le Pen, as uh, Emmanuel Macron, are struggling to, to get the, the popular vote. The, I mean, the, 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 the working class vote, the unemployed, the, the most destitute part of the, of the voters who actually voted for the third candidate, uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, or who didn't vote at all. They, they weren't showing up. They didn't vote. So we had, had an absentee vote. Uh, sorry, an, uh, um, how do you call that? Abs abstention. Who, who, who stayed home, who didn't show up. Yeah, we had 26% of people who stayed home, which is very high for France. So, so... Right, it's very high for France, but it's, uh, it's low in the US. The US, uh, as you probably know, has a participation rate of about 55% in presidential elections. Whereas in France, it's usually 70, 75%, or even higher, 80% in some years. So, although, yeah. I believe, although I believe your last election, the, the participation was higher. But but there are there are I mean five years ago there there was no doubt that uh, Emmanuel Macron was going to win the second round. Now we are very much in the same situation that you guys were in the U.S. Uh, when you had the, the 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 Hillary Clinton 
Donald Trump wrote, you know, uh, the unexpected is possible this time. I understand so, that. I want to get to that in a second, but um, let's go back to a couple of things that you said. Uh, because you may are making the comparison to 2017, which I think is uh, obviously the very relevant comparison since this is the same two uh, candidates. Uh, in the first round in 2017, Macron did 24% and Le Pen did 21.3%. That's the first round five years ago. The first round that took place last week, Macron did 28.6%. So he was 4.6% better than five years prior. And Le Pen did 24.4%, which is 3.1% better than what she did five years before. So that's uh, to your point that they both did better than last time. But this time... uh, you have Mélenchon. Let's, you know, he's an interesting character. Not, not everyone's uh, cup of tea, for sure. What, what, what can you say about Mélenchon and about, uh, as importantly, his voters? Because this is not, as I understand it, as I understand it, this is not the old Parti Socialiste of Mitterrand or even of Jospin. So, what, who does he represent? So Mélenchon is 70 years old. He was formerly a socialist 20 years ago. Then he created his own party, a leftist party, uh, much more to the left. Uh, he, he hails uh, Hugo Chavez of Venezuela. He hails Maduro in Venezuela. He's an admirer of, of Fidel Castro. He, he's pretty much uh, likes Putin. And the, the one thing that, that the, the determines what who he is also is his anti-Americanism. That's on the that's on the international side. But it's very important uh, to understand that uh, to understand who he is. Um, then he 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 hates anything that's uh, that's uh, market economy. Uh, he, he's more he's somewhere between the socialist and the communist. And now the interesting thing is that, and he also most important point, he's very skilled, gifted uh, speaker. So that you, you cannot take that away from him. He's a very skilled speaker, probably the, 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 the most talented, talented uh, these days in France. So he, he managed to convince uh, 22% of the voters to vote for him. And uh, there is no other leftist candidate. I mean, the, the socialist is down in 1.5%. And there are then a few other candidates that are irrelevant, that are also very far left. But I mean, they are they are between one, two, and three percent. So he's now the the leader of the the left in France. Uh, thanks God, he's seventy, so maybe he's gonna not gonna last too long, because he's basically not my cup of tea. I think he's pretty pretty dangerous, but that's a personal opinion. And uh, yeah, he, he, he performed extremely well. So he will play a role. And then his voters have to decide whether they vote for the far right candidate, Marine Le Pen, or whether they vote for uh, the, what they consider being a neoliberal, Macron. Because Macron, uh, five years ago, was seen as a guy coming from the social Democrats, from the, from the left. And after five years, for, for some reason, I do not completely understand. Uh, maybe he's a bit, 
very much has to do with his his personality. He, he's he's a bit arrogant, you know. That's that's you know that's very common in France. But he, he's he he's a bit arrogant, and um, now he he he's seen to, to many uh, as a neoliberal conservative, and uh, many many people actually dislike him or hate him even. So we're in an election of resentment, where uh, lots of voters are saying, I'm not going to vote for either of them. And that's exactly what Marine Le Pen counts on, because people mm -hmm. not showing up for, 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 for Macron, you know, or for, for anyone else is, is, is helping her candidacy. Sure. So Mélenchon, uh, and I agree with you, I've seen him in a debate with Zemmour. You know, we'll talk about Zemmour in a minute. Although uh, the percentage that he got on the first round makes him a lot less relevant than he seemed to be a few months ago. But Mélenchon, you know, in the debate, you know, the way he speaks, uh, I agree with you. He, he knows how to turn on the charm, you know, if, if he, uh, which is, you know, at odds with, uh, at least for, from my perspective, with his ideology. Uh, but so it's very interesting that the total left, in a way, has collapsed from uh, over 50% that it used to get to now barely 20, 25% in total. And that, that it seems to be that the voters that tended to vote left are now voting more uh, with what used to be called, or perhaps still is called the extreme right, the yeah. Le Pen, Zemmour. So it's not, uh, you know, they, yeah. weren't, they were never really wedded to a certain ideology of, of the left, but, but more of a anti-elite perhaps you know perhaps the old left right uh, labels are not as relevant anymore not just in france but in other countries as well including the us and now we have to think more of a kind of elite and anti-elite and the same thing that uh, is associated with the popularity of trump here for example and you mentioned trump you're uh, you were right, right to make this analogy because the former ambassador of uh, France to the U.S., Gérard Arrault, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Yeah, I know. Uh, he tweeted uh, yesterday, I think it was, that uh, that uh, while at this while he thinks that uh, Macron will probably prevail, he did uh, highlight the fact that no one expected Trump to win. And that, therefore, as you said, as you just said, the possibility of surprise, the possibility of not, not just the possibility, the probability of uh, a shock or the unexpected is not, is, has to be considered. It's not, it's, not, it's not unimaginable the way it was five years ago. I had the opportunity to talk personally with Marine Le Pen six months ago. And I mean, she said very, she said very openly that her calculus, uh, there is a narrow path for her. And she was counting, at that time, the, 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 the rate of rejection of uh, Macron was higher as, uh, than the uh, rejection rate of, herse of uh, herself, of Marie Le Pen. That, that was a new figure. And she was really much then counting on that. And she, she's been following that ID. And she was also telling me that, you know, if people don't show up, uh, voting for Macron, that, that's very good for me, did she say then. So we're in a very polarized country, um, more and more polarized, where only 
uh, one out of four uh, French people voted actually for Macron. You know, uh, if you count the people who didn't vote, you know, let's say 25% didn't vote, 25% voted for the left, far left, uh, and 25% voted for the right, far right. So that that's uh, how difficult it is, uh, and it's for for Macron because it's not guaranteed that you know the working class voters from the left uh, do vote for for the elite candidate Macron. They could very well vote for the working class right, which is represented by Marine Le Pen. That is the, sure. the, the equation. And right now, since a, month, a week, sorry. Uh, Macron is out every day having talks on the streets with people to 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 try to 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 show that he's the man of the people. Uh, he actually didn't campaign uh, during the last weeks. Yes, of course, there was the 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 war in Ukraine that kept him busy uh, with the diplomatic uh, affairs. Yeah, but um, he, he wasn't participating in any debate on television or, or program. So that's also some people didn't really like. And also it's strange because he's also a very skilled um, debater. So now he has to do within two weeks what he should have done in two months. And uh, we'll see if he managed to, to, to fill that gap. You mentioned the debate. I think this is a good time to mention to people that there, there will be one debate. Am I right? Only one, right? Only one. Yeah, next yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, it, it'll take place on Wednesday, the 20th. And uh, I'm sure there's a way to access for those of you who are interested and who speak French. Uh, there's a way to view it from the U.S. Uh, so if you have a keen interest in the outcome, I would encourage anyone to watch it. But... Um, Yes, so the main uh, complaints about Macron are, other than the being elitist, we've seen in the last few years the street protests, you know, the gilet jaune. Who, I mean, the gilet jaune would be uh, voters for whom today? Who do they, or do they, are they some Le Pen? Are they some Mélenchon? Who, are they, are they a significant uh, yeah, group in terms of the vote? I can I can tell you who they will not vote for. They will not vote for Macron. They are angry people, and they feel uh, they feel neglected by the Parisian elite, and they have a lot of resentment. Although some of them uh, also have you know struggle with 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 uh, economic difficulties problems, um, but they are likely to vote for Marine Le Pen. Yes. Okay, so we're looking at, uh, you know, I mentioned the first round earlier. If we look at how the second round went five years ago, yeah. Macron had 66% and Le Pen had 34%. So uh, in order for her to win, she would have to do 16% better than she did five years ago. You know, not as you said, nothing is, is uh, what yeah. used to be considered unimaginable now suddenly is imaginable. You mentioned wow. the debate uh, that is going to happen on, on Wednesday, and you can also listen to it on some radio channels, I guess, um, or I'm sure. Um, this is pretty important. I mean, five years ago, uh, the same characters debated. Marine Le Pen actually should have performed better had she not, I mean, uh, in, in the polls, had she not 
performed as poorly in the debate. You cannot really win votes on the debate, but you can lose votes. And that's what she did last time. She obviously, everyone could see that she was not prepared. She didn't really know what she was talking about when she was talking about um, financial topics or uh, even diplomatic um, uh, when she was talking about Eurozone and what she was talking about European Union, she also want, wanted then to get out of the European Union, which is not popular amongst French people. So, I mean, she lost probably a few percent there. Now, what happens since five years, she's been working. She's been uh, learning her lessons. She's a much better, she's much better prepared this year. So, I mean, Macron will not cr probably not crush her in the debate, although she has a weak point, which is her stance regarding the, the war in Ukraine, because she's been saying and repeating that, you know, uh, after having said, you know, that, that we should talk with Bashar al-Assad from Syria, the dictator from Syria, well, uh, um, Putin, uh, Vladimir Putin is also someone we, we can uh, retake the business as usual, uh, as soon as the war is over. She Which said that even after the more recent developments in Ukraine. I know that she's made comments before the war that, or perhaps even at the beginning of the war before, you know, the devastation and death toll were, were uh, a lot lower yeah. than they are now. She said that even recently? Yeah, she's trying not to, 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 to talk about it. But yes, she said something like that recently. Not this week. I think it was like, uh, I don't recall now it was before the first round or after the first round, but she said she said something like that, and I'm sure Macron will will, will attack her on, on that. And um, to the best to the best of what you can tell her, uh, how should I put it? Her let's say less severe stance towards Putin is that uh, I mean, was there any kind of uh, I don't know if it's known or, or 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 only suspected, but are there? Does she get support? To put it straight, does she or in the past did she get support from Russia? Is this uh, and if yes, is that an established uh, fact or is that uh, just rumor and kind of uh, maybe yes, something that's inaccurate, perhaps? Well, she, she got a loan to finance her campaign uh, and to finance finance her party a few years ago from a Russian bank, a uh, Russian bank whose uh, uh, CEO is close to Vladimir Putin. So uh, yes, I, I know she got uh, a loan from uh, Hungary as well a few years ago. So, so this, is, this is a fact. I and mean, are these loans repaid or are they 200-year no, loans? Not, not yet. And her argument is that is, well, nobody wants to, to, to borrow me money, so I have to go somewhere. And here are the people who, I, who, I, who, were, who were willing to do it. To do it. But also five years ago, she visited uh, Vladimir Putin, and she was very proud of that. And he received her in Kremlin. And uh, even she appeared on her leaflet recently at the beginning of the campaign, they were printed before, prior to the war in Ukraine. So she appeared in a small picture uh, with Vladimir Putin. And of course, she had to destroy all of them. So now he's right. not on the picture anymore. But there is this, you know, um, this uh, link between, you know, her, Vladimir Orban from Hungary. Vla uh, that's not Vladimir. Viktor Orban from Hungary. 
Vladimir Putin from um, Russia, and even Jair Bolsonaro from, from Brazil. Those are her pals, actually. So she's- And has, uh, has Macron tried, or is he now trying to use these uh, sympathies of hers against her? Is he bringing up her various ties in the current campaign? Not yet, not yet really. I mean, some people have done it, but I'm sure he will do it on Wednesday. I'm sure. It's guaranteed. Okay. It will be interesting to see what she has to do. She has to to say about it. Also, you know, uh, don't forget that she has said that she wants to get out somehow of the unified command of NATO. That was also a proposal from the candidate from the far left, Jean-Luc Mélenchon. He also, as I said earlier, he's an anti-American in a way. You know, this is the old cliche, you know, uh, that, you know, uh, we are against the imperial power and all that bullshit. Uh, sorry for the expression, but that's that's really how it is. And it's very strange as well, because I recall very well that her, the Jean-Marie Le Pen, the father of Marine, who was the candidate 20 years ago, because she inherited the party, he, he and she actually comes from a, a, a school of thought that were actually pro-Ronald Reagan. But now, you know, they, they moved to, to Vladimir Putin. So we are, we are living strange, in a strange there, world. <laughs> there, there has been evolution here and there. So part of this, I'm sure, can be uh, explained by people who uh, study politics. Um, let's talk for a minute about Zemmour, who, uh, you know, a few months ago was, uh, I think he, he was ranked at one point second in the polls. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, totally kind of fizzled out and got 6.8% in the first round. Uh, some people say that his candidacy made Le Pen seem more reasonable, you know, by, you know, by having someone to her own right. Arguably, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not uh, right. sure I'm not sure that you can finesse it to the point of deciding who's more to the right of the other. But may, maybe maybe I'm missing something. But if if he is if he is indeed to her right, then maybe to some that made her look more reasonable. Is she getting now uh, or expected to get all of his votes in the second round? Well, all of his votes is seven percent. So what happened? So he came with a proposal. Uh, to her right, you're absolutely right with that. He was more extreme in a way, and his only only uh, proposal or or uh, topic was immigration. So immigration, immigration, immigration is a threat for France. Immigration is a threat for France. She actually he did part of her campaign in a way because she looked more reasonable. She didn't even have to talk about that, and she appears more like. Her very clever campaign was built on the, I'm the candidate of the um, uh, pouvoir d'achat. How do you say that in English? Purchasing power. Purchasing, Purchasing power. power. Uh, and th this proved a very, very smart idea because actually that's what people are talking about now. You know, uh, inflation, people fear, fear, feel more, more, you know, uh, struggling with, with, you know, their, their wallet. So um, uh, the thing is, uh, Macron, uh, sorry, uh, that far-right candidate, Eric Zemmour, for his own interest, we would see to see her losing. Because if she wins, that's the end of his, you know, uh, significance, you know, because then sure. 
he made a campaign to say she's not capable of winning when now she has done that she has been candidate three two times three times if you can this year so she will not succeed now we need a real uh, tough guy i'm this i'm the tough guy and don't vote for her turned out they voted for her and they didn't vote for him well if she loses uh, this this election then the, he can kind of bridge uh, the conservatives, the traditional conservatives, with some far right um, vote uh, politicians, constituencies, right? And and he can be the leader of the right in this country. So actually, he he. Interesting. Well, yeah. Yeah. He, his good. personal calculus would be that she 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 should she should lose for him to to raise as as someone. For, for next election. And in terms of uh, recommendations that any of them have made, I know that Mélenchon said, or he didn't quite say it, he just said to his voters, don't vote for Le Pen, you know, without quite saying to them that they should vote for Macron. Uh, Did Zemmour Zemmour, uh, tell his own voters that they should vote for Le Pen? I imagine so, right? I I actually didn't follow. I think he said something today, but I'm not sure actually, or yesterday. I'm not really sure. I had to double check. I'm sorry. Okay, no, that's not a problem. So, uh, okay, before we leave, maybe you can tell us who do you think uh, who is who do you think will win? I think. Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to bias your answer. Go ahead, tell me. Well, I I still think Macron will win. Uh, I also hope Macron will win because I think it's going to be. A disaster for the French economy if Marine Le Pen wins. The whole climate, the business climate, will not be good. People will, and also she will not be able to, 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 to govern the country because next month, a month after this election, we have par- parliamentary elections, and she has no way of winning the parliament. You know, so she cannot really. You know, she she will be a force of her own in the in the presidential palace, but it's it's going it's going to bring. Um, yeah, sort of chaos. And you make you make an interesting point here, which is that uh, a few decades ago, the parliament elections did not always follow the presidential election closely, and that created some problem of its own. But in more recent decades, they more or less aligned them, correct, to have the yeah. legislative election shortly after the presidential, sort of as a way to allow a new president to reinforce uh, the idea of a mandate. Yeah. And so what I th- if I heard you correctly, you're saying that uh, Le Pen, while she may you know, pull it off by a hair for the presidential vote, doesn't have the goods, doesn't have the backing, doesn't have the right candidates to secure anywhere near a majority or even a coalition in parliament. Is that, yeah. is that right? That's correct. That's correct. She don't have. She doesn't even have the candidate. You know that. Uh, you know. You, we need. You. She needs to find. Um, I don't recall exactly the number. It's somewhere between four hundred and fifty and five hundred and fifty MPs. You know that would be credible proposal in their uh, in their districts. And she doesn't have that. You know. And she doesn't have the the way of winning majorities in those districts. Anyway. So now they have. I think also we have a, a strange, uh, a strange uh, electoral system. But she has about 20, 20 MPs right now, 
and maybe she can get 40 or 50, but she's nowhere near to a majority. That's, that's not very significant. Uh, not enough to uh, call it a mandate if you're trying to make big changes like, uh, you know, leaving NATO or weak. other things. You know, you weak. mentioned, sorry, go ahead. Oh, for, sorry. She would be a weak president very soon, I think. And also, I, I you know, I, I hear people I know who are in business. I'm not a businessman, but my friends who work with in business, they hear from from investors, you know, some concerns. Hey, what's going to happen if Marine Le Pen wins? Are they going to be more unrest? Or so I, I, I don't think it's going to be good for them. That's, for them. I think that's the difference that's worth uh, emphasizing versus uh, Donald Trump. Because uh, with all his, uh, yeah. you know, he's not he's not everyone's cup of tea either. But uh, at least uh, I shouldn't say at least I should say in his case, he was seen unlike her as friendly to business and as uh, uh, you know he certainly had the rhetoric of someone who was pro business. You know, he lowered taxes. You know, he did he did many things to be economy friendly. Uh, not necessarily for people in all, at all levels of of, uh, of income, but uh, in general, we can say a couple of things he did that maybe were adverse were related to the uh, China trade, but that's more of a geopolitical decision than an economic one. But uh, in the case of Le Pen, she's not considered nearly as business friendly as Trump was. And uh, it's it's interesting because this morning, coincidentally, I saw a uh, an article about tourism in France. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, France, as you, I'm sure you know, that is uh, the most visited country in the world by tourists. And uh, tourism for France is eight percent of GDP, which is a very very nice figure. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure many, many, many people will still go to France if she's president, but uh, some will not. And, uh, you know, here's another smaller segment of the economy that will probably suffer some in addition to others from uh, even on a level of uh, financing of of the French budget, for example, will will, uh, French bonds now have higher spreads versus German bonds uh, if she's elected. You know, these are all unknowns that, 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 that uh, lead people who do business or who do finance to be, uh, I think, correctly so concerned about the prospects of uh, possibly her winning. Sure. Geopolitic- geopolitically, it would be a, a big mistake. It would be like shooting in your own foot, uh, uh, electing her. Right now, France, since uh, Chancellor Merkel is, 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 is you know, retired, uh, France has a pretty strong position within Europe, appears to be some kind of leader, more business friendly, you know, and we will lose all that, you know, um, you know overnight with her, I'm sure. Right. And unfortunately, with what's what's going on in Ukraine, uh, in terms of utter sheer destruction, what was unthinkable maybe two months ago is not as unthinkable today, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, that's to your point that it's important to have strong leadership somewhere in Europe. Yes. And you may not like Macron, but, you know, he, he and also his position on uh, Ukraine and, and I mean his his dialogue was kind of 
non-existent dialogue, but 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 apparent dialogue with with Putin, which led nowhere, as we all know. But you know, gave him some kind of prestige at one point. Now a lot of people resent that because they say, "What are you, why are you talking with Putin?" But 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 however, I think France position now is is better than it has ever been in, in the last uh, internationally within Europe in the last 20 years I think all right very good Axel uh, I'm grateful for the time that you took to do this I also thank you for uh, agreeing to do it in English your English is very good so you should have no hesitation doing it again with with anyone else I appreciate I hope this helps Yes, absolutely, it will. And uh, in closing, I will just remind that you are a senior reporter and editor at L'Express. And uh, for those of the listeners who speak French, I encourage you to uh, see L'Express and see Axel's articles. And you can also follow him on Twitter. His, uh, his Twitter handle is uh, Axel Gilden, which is A-X-E-L. G-Y-L-D-E-N. Very good, Axel. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, we will watch uh, the debate and it will be very interesting to see what happens. Thanks Thank again. You, it was a pleasure. Goodbye. Bye.